0: Behind home plate, we bringing it to him all day. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. when the lose, we bringing it to you always. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter
1: where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah, welcome to
0: Birdland. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Now... Here come the
1: boys from Section
0: 336.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336. Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk, I am your endearingly staring host. And as always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Rocha.
0: Hey, Matt, I'm coming to you live from Florida where we have no more coronavirus restrictions. We are completely out in the clear now. Meanwhile, you back in Maryland. I hear everyone's getting the coronavirus.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of the questions were, does what happens at Walter Reed Hospital affect the Maryland statistics? And apparently, it doesn't. So, <laughs> uh, okay. so once Trump crossed the border, your number didn't jump up once. Yeah. One. Yeah. So we're so we're so we're okay <laughs> is actually.
0: That, is that really a real conversation? Yeah. That was I saw people asking about it because of one person. Like, like, were they really concerned that the one number that
1: would jump up because Trump moved from D.C. to Bethesda? Yeah, well, there's a lot of concerns, too, because outside of Walter Reed Hospital, there's been, you know, all these rallies showing support of Trump, and not all of them are wearing proper protection. Yeah, but hasn't that been all summer, a whole bunch of uh, protests without protection? Rallies, protests, yeah, we've been doing it all without protection, thus uh, coronavirus still going strong. I guess not yep. Florida. Uh, you guys are too busy. doing All right, doing but in all seriousness, well.
0: yeah, we re- we re- we lifted on over the weekend. I think it was Friday night is when all the restrictions ended. So I haven't been anywhere, and so I went out today. I went into the gas station to grab some breakfast this morning. I was wearing my mask. The gas station was packed, and I was the only person wearing a mask. Really. Because as soon as it rolls, Florida's... And the employees. The employees were wearing masks. Yeah. Because I think employees are being cautious because they're dealing with a bunch of strangers. But these Florida rednecks,
1: like, they really... There are a lot of people down here who believe that this is a hoax. And I don't know what the Florida numbers say, but across the U.S., like, the numbers are going up. Like, it's hitting its high since early August. So... Uh, but maybe not in Florida might still be going out it was like
0: 13 states that went, that increased uh, and our highest is back in July or something so we haven't hit that number yet
1: yeah we have a big board meeting on Wednesday where they're going to vote whether or not to open back up schools and so and i i think they will so we'll wait and see for that now we took, well, we, took last, we took last been open last week off yeah, so, so I want to recap uh, the oral season here. I got some notes on oral season right. I want to get into.
0: Right. Um, but what you don't know is during that week off, I had to go get another coronavirus test.
1: Oh, my. Did, so well, you I've shared with, when we had Charlie on, you talked about your boss with the double mask. Yeah. yeah. So you know what happened after that? Uh, Next day,
0: I started feeling sick.
1: Yeah. And then the day after that, extreme fatigue where I was oh. like,
0: oh, I have it.
1: Well, now the flu's like, flying around, so who knows? So so, right. so you
0: got the test? So, so I got the test. They shoved that little stick even further up my nose. I don't know you why girl. they're doing it. You can do that yourself. I always do it myself. I don't trust myself to do it. I okay. need a professional whenever well, I stick things up my nose. And
1: I did get one inconclusive, so you're probably better off. Yeah, exactly. So um, – I went
0: and did it. Since then, I found a, a, I found a spot with the blood test. So my third test, whenever that happens, will be with the blood and our results. But they shoved that thing way up my nose again. Hmm. Uh, See, I didn't do I, the way up I,
1: the nose either. It was just a little bit up the nose. I took two
0: days off work because I was so tired and worn out. I was sure I had the coronavirus. Yeah, you sure, yeah. I spent the third day working, but locking myself in the office. Mandy freaks out at this stuff and quarantines me in the house where I'm not allowed to leave. I'm allowed two places in my bedroom. I'm allowed in my bedroom, my bathroom, and my office. Let let me ask you a question.
1: Let me ask you a question. Um, As far as interaction with the wife and kids, no interaction with the wife and kids? She will come in with a mask and gloves
0: and all to bring me food. Oh my gosh.
1: I might, I don't want to get coronavirus, I, but I might have to come down with fatigue just to get away from I, my wife and kids for a while. I, I told I, 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 this I, is not a terrible idea.
0: I told someone I was after two days and then a the third day working at home, still tired. I was kind of hoping I had the coronavirus. No, only because Mandy said if I got a positive, then the restriction would be I'd have to stay in the bedroom. And wouldn't be allowed in my office. So, I figured, okay, if I get a positive, I'll just move my desk into the bedroom. Yeah. And I will be fine. So, I was kind of hoping for a little time off work in coronavirus. Yeah. Especially in a situation like that where I could clearly blame the boss. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it didn't happen. I was negative, again.
1: That's how I feel, too. And I'm in no position to judge. But like going back to school, my worries about getting coronavirus, I'm very healthy. I take good care of my body. And to be honest, I know a lot of people are in this position. But I have very little interaction with other human beings, especially human beings who are in a vulnerable population. So I just have very little interaction like that. So that makes me less concerned.
0: Right. I have a lot of interactions, but with guys outside, and they're all younger than me. So I don't feel, like, concerned about that at all. Yeah. But
1: I'm aware um, that other people have those concerns. Right. But so we I'm are
0: sending... It. Camden is going to school. Oh, good. We, we've been sending her to first grade school. And I'm pretty sure what happened to me is she brought, like, the flu home or something. Yes. Some type of cold. Because that's generally what happens every school year. The kids bring all the germs home.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, Faye, Faye's been dealing with the runny nose. And, um, yeah. Uh, so it's, 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 it's flu season two to complicate everything. Right, exactly. And that's, and that's just going to make people argue even
0: more about if it's the flu or if it's coronavirus.
1: So it'll be fun. Yeah, I know. I know. That's less, like with the president um, getting coronavirus, it's one of those, like we talked with Char- Charlie about, like there's these moments where we can unify as Americans. And so, okay, right. your president is deathly ill or could potentially be deathly ill. Here's another chance to unite. Um, but, again, the opposite happens. No, again, and it's it, it I hope he dies. It wasn't clear. Yeah, I hope he dies. And then it wasn't clear at any point if he was on his deathbed or if he's 20 years younger. Like, I still don't know if I he mean, was really sick or if he's the healthiest he's ever been. I still have no idea.
0: Right, right, right. Or if it was a big infomercial for some unreleased drug. Yeah. That he'll come out praising. It's like hydroxychloroquine again
1: yeah, it's, or something. Yeah, it, it's so hard to, to, to just believe anything nowadays. It's really weird, a weird time.
0: You can't. Everything is tainted on either side of the uh, aisle. It's so weird. And that's why the, uh, w- w- the uh, debate last week, like people were freaking out about how uncivilized the debate was and they were just speaking over each other and yelling back and forth and no one looked good. And I just sat back and I'm like, what did you guys expect? That is the perfect representation of America this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, we talked we about that. Have, we had we that same conversation, that Josh, months ago we were talking about this conversation, yeah. right? The inability to have actual real conversation and debate between people. Uh, right. If I can't have a conversation,
0: go to work and have a civilized conversation with someone, if I, can't, if I can't make a statement on Twitter without being attacked, why would a debate where you're putting two people who represent the two opposite parties together, why would we expect anything else?
1: Yeah, And I guess the reason is Is because throughout history They were still able to to do this They were still able to maintain um, A certain, I don't know, decorum Uh, Except I don't think that's true You don't think think that's true? I think
0: recent history
1: Even as recent Like I remember They were doing highlights before the show And like showing how people lost Or or did poorly Because they rolled their eyes Or the Al Gore sigh Like that used to be a big deal That looks This is a far cry from that Right. But I think, I think in the history of America,
0: I think before TV and all, I think you had some uh, yelling back and forth and what we would call as uncivilized or uh, a dumpster fighter or whatever else they were calling it from last week.
1: Oh, yeah. Or Alexander Hamilton does not get support or doesn't support Aaron Burr, and Aaron Burr just shoots him. Right. Good old I mean, fashioned duel, right. exactly.
0: <laughs> and we're all upset because you're talking over each other.
1: Yeah, and that's what I say too. When people say the country's never been more divided than this, I was like, there was a time where we literally went to war. All right, and so right. we're not—we're not at war yet. We're close. Yeah, we're pretty close, but I don't think we're really that close. Uh, but but some would argue we're close. I, it, I think
0: it's yeah, exactly. People have very short memory spans, and we generally. Uh, use that term strawberry for those people, but it's just pretty much covering everyone right now where we're forgetting and they're saying oh, we've never been this, as racially divided as we are now. And it's like no, we used to have slaves.
1: Yeah. We used to Yeah, there used to be Jim Crow laws, there used to be lynchings. It's like, Uh, no, I don't, yeah. But Josh, you will agree that it's never before the information that people take in has never been like this. Where people kind of just go down their own rabbit trails of their Wait. kind of beliefs. Like this is, I feel like this is relatively new with social media and so mm-hmm. many news outlets. And, and the word
0: news outlets. Yeah. It's like, it's like the whole joke about MTV doesn't show music videos anymore. The news doesn't do the news anymore. Yeah, Every news show is an opinion editorial. Every newspaper is an opinion editorial. I don't know if we will ever have real news again.
1: Yeah, I remember. Just, even, even the weather, people don't, <laughs> don't agree on. Right, right. It's global warming calls or whatever. I, I remember even in high school. The thing was Wikipedia, right, was just coming out, and it was like, you can't trust Wikipedia as a reliable source. Now, You're I feel right. like Wikipedia is the most reliable source out there. It's like, right, right. They're, they're like what source can you trust now? You can't um, trust any source. If I go and get an
0: Encyclopedia Britannica off of the shelf from the 1994, you will tell me that those facts are wrong. Right because right. they don't line up with woke culture.
1: Right. Or you'll come up with another set of facts, yeah, that right.
0: you can run like, up against like, them. Like like the fact that male and female is being argued over right now seems like the most basic, simplest thing. Right. Right, but even that it
1: become yeah, it become un, not not clear cut. Yeah, it's. right, right.
0: And it's just it's so it's very it's very weird. I don't know where we come from this, but I don't know why anyone was surprised with how things
1: went. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't either, uh, yeah, it's, it's been the tone for the past four years, this type of yeah. rhetoric how on both just, sides. Yeah.
0: What, you know what we need? We need one of these other countries to just hit us with an EMP and destroy our internet for two years. Yeah. Destroy, destroy cell phones, destroy social media, destroy internet, and make us have to talk face-to-face with our neighbors.
1: Yeah. And hey, work listen, things out I, together. I, I've, I've done this. I've lived this. Um, I going to Tanzania, right, multiple times. This right. was the greatest benefit of it, is people just hung around at night around a fire and just talked, because that's all there was to do. Because well, there was no... There's been a lot of standing out at night, hanging around fires this year too. Well, yeah, so. well, that's that's true too, but in a, for different reasons there. But yeah, the reliance on com- community and and kind of talking to each other and needing each other to survive and get along. I blame no fans at stadiums for all of our discord. If we could just yeah. go hang out in the Orioles game, we we could we could get along. Now that would help, and that's what we talked about.
0: I don't know, months ago, the entire coronavirus six months experience of Section 336 has blurred everything together. But I believe it was before we had sports, uh, we talked about the fact that sports heal this country. And after 9-11, it healed the country because you're bringing people together. Right now, sports with separation is not helping to heal the country.
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, we talked to Charlie. It's interesting, right? Because we had Charlie on last week, and I love Charlie. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, sorry, we didn't have our last show. And your political beliefs, my political beliefs, and Charlie political beliefs—like they don't line up at all. All of nope. ours beliefs We're are all different. different. But in that conversation, you would never know it. You would never know it because because we agree on something. We agree on the Orioles and their need for the rebuild and the need for this rebuild to work. And we can disagree with who should be playing center field every day, Austin Hayes or Citroen Mullins. But when that's your big, biggest dis- disagreement, you're still agreeing on the basic fundamental fact that we love the Orioles right. and we want them to be great again.
0: But, but the thing is, it goes even beyond sports if you build relationships with people, and don't just yell at them on the internet. You and I can have a civilized conversation about anything going on in America.
1: Yeah. And we can and do it with even Charlie, too, right? And we can do it with Charlie, yeah, too. Yeah, totally. And partly because, because we have respect for each other. And partly because sports, like we can, I think that's True. an important commonality that we have that allows us to have that conversation. If Charlie right, was a Yankee right. fan, Josh, I don't know if I could do it. Uh, no, because if he's Yankees
0: fan, he's evil. Yeah, Exactly. Just like if you grew up in Savannah Park rooting for the Boston Red Sox, I can't have a conversation with you because you obviously just follow whatever is in vogue at the moment.
1: That's why the intern's no longer on the show. Oh, you know the
0: intern's big into woke culture. (laughs) I guarantee it. I haven't talked to him in six months. I could write down everything that he would say right now. I did think about calling up the intern recently. Because you know he's all big in uh, politics. Yeah, big in the and Democratic Party. Absolutely. Right, right, and he. Wa- I don't know if he's working on any of these uh, campaigns. I'm sure he's working on some yeah, campaign right now. Yeah, he's working right with
1: Klo- Klobuchar. I yeah, I don't know since then.
0: Yeah, that uh, typical intern works on it and it fails. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> that's why we haven't gotten anywhere. We messed it a couple of years in the intern. Well, let's yeah uh, shoot. Hope hope Biden doesn't hire him. So. <laughs> All right, we'll see. So maybe I'll reach out to him soon uh, as we get... Uh, but, I, I, but it is... It's, it's just... It's a weird time in America. And I just want it to end. And I cannot believe that we made it through the entire Oriole season without Camden Yards opening up. I thought we'd at least have a small group of fans in there.
1: Yeah, it's pretty wild. It really is pretty wild. And I've been like... I go back and forth because on the one hand, it's almost... Like this week... This week was weird because, Josh, prior to this week, I'm not saying I felt like I was in Florida, but, like, it felt like coronavirus was falling into the background. You didn't hear about any cases with baseball. NBA's been, like, great. You didn't hear about any cases in the NFL. Fans are starting to come back. And then next thing you know, half the Titans get it. Then Cam Newton gets it. Then the president gets it. Like, <laughs> Whoa, this is yeah. a serious problem again. Hold up. Right, right. What was Cam doing hanging out with the Titans? Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. No, it was. It was. It was uh, definitely strange. I don't. I don't understand how the NBA did. The, how the NBA bubble has worked so well. Like, I get that they locked them all up in like. And is it, is it because they have Disney? I think is it's it because Disney. there were so many hotels yeah, in I the one location Disney. and the whole worldwide of sports that Disney is like the only place in the world that that could possibly happen.
1: Yeah, I think... And
0: they could have ship in.
1: And, and also just the facilities there to, yeah, to, to accommodate and, that, both the playing and with staying there. Right, and I guess they had enough places that they were able to bring in uh, video
0: game systems for the guys and... Uh, yeah. Restaurant stuff and strippers and whatever else you guys need.
1: I I saw there's a a funny news story. Jimmy Butler was selling coffee out of his hotel room for twenty bucks a pop. (laughs) And then one of the trainers was started like a competition with them selling for five dollars. They were going back and forth. That's fun. Butler had like he had like t-shirts and stuff made up for his coffee spot. Yeah, it was pretty funny.
0: Is it also? I also wonder how much of it is that the culture of the NBA is different. And I guess it's less players than well, a ba- than baseball,
1: it's, and it's a numbers game too because they they at the playoffs, so there's already half oh, the teams. Good point. So it good wasn't point. all the teams, and then the roster is smaller than baseball or football, right? And so it's already like a smaller group of people, and then it's the playoffs, so quickly those teams start leaving, and it's less and less people. Right. All
0: right. Well, all I know is the NBA bubble looks like it's a lot of fun.
1: It does. I mean, they did the 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 fans, everything about it is cool. Like it sucks, but it's. It's the best you could do. It's better right, than right. these stupid cutouts.
0: Yeah, I don't like the cardboard cutouts. Um, what I don't understand is when you'll see the cardboard cutout, and then you'll see like one security guard like standing by the cardboard cutouts, and I'm like, what is he protecting? Yeah. Like, what's, what's the point of having security in the stands so someone doesn't, a cardboard cutout doesn't run out on
1: the field? Well, there's been at least one case I remember reading about where fans kind of snuck in somehow into the stadium, <laughs> like, was sitting with the cardboard cutouts to blend in. Did, did, did you see that story? I and did he, not. You know, during yeah. a game? D- during a game, he got and in there that and was sitting awesome. <laughs> right next to a cutout, <laughs> and they, they had to escort him out. Love that. Yeah. There was a
0: story down here where a homeless guy snuck into one of the stadiums down here and was living in the uh, living in the, um, uh, the suites for two weeks. Oh, nice. Because the stadiums were empty and unused, and yeah. he just went up there and lived in the suite.
1: Yeah, there could Thought be someone living smart. in the classroom next door to me. I would never know. Yeah, no right. one's been in there for a while. Yep. But, you know, yeah, I was watching the Padres playoffs. I've been, I mean, it's been a great time for sports, watching NBA playoffs MLB playoffs, football. It's really... This weekend was a little bit weird without baseball. I don't know why baseball didn't have games this weekend. But overall, it's been a really good kind of time for sports fandom, which sucks because I, I have no time to watch these sports, but I'm watching them anyway. Right. But, um, but I was going to say, like, the Padres, fun, cool team. Everybody's on, the dads, right? But I was watching their games, and like, it's cool, and they're a bunch of young talented players, but at the same time, to, to have that kind of resurgence and to have the rebuild come into fruition with no fans there to see it, there's something kind of, I don't know, I f- like I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for the Padres, but there's something kind of depressing about having oh, totally. this cool, exciting young team, but no fans there to get behind them. Totally. The highlight everyone was sharing,
0: and they share it, this year, they share it every year this week, is the Delman Young double. And for all of us, we were there. That yeah. is the, we were all, if you weren't there, you still tell people you were there, but we were really there. There
1: was two million people in the stadium that night. Right, right. They, yeah.
0: uh, it's like 2131. But that is the loudest Camden Yards has ever
1: been. Yes. Imagine that without fans. (laughs) I know. It it would be and Scott Garceau is calling it. Like (laughs) (laughs) Right, 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 right. Yeah, exactly. It would be different. It would be different.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Instead of Dumb and Young, it's Scott Garceau mispronouncing Rio Ruiz. Yeah. (laughs) It's different. Fans are integral to sports. And the the pumping in audio and stuff doesn't work. Um this Chiefs-Patriots game is on tonight as we record it. And it's cool that there's fans in the stadium because you're hearing actual people, not cardboard cutouts and video game music.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, sports without fans is better than no sports. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the, the fans are um, – especially when you get in this playoff time, man. Like, I, regular season, whatever, but playoffs, man. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we were at all the home playoff games. That, that There's something – um, just really cool about playoff baseball and fans. Right.
0: Yeah, you want to heal America. You take all those cities that are having problems with riots and that, that Trump keeps calling out all the Democrat cities, as he says, or blue cities or whatever, and what you do is you bring playoff baseball with full stadiums to those cities and no more riots. Your problem is solved.
1: Yeah, man, there's a lot of truth there. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, are you surprised that baseball figured out the COVID thing that they, they, they stumbled a little bit at the beginning and then no more issues.
1: Well, here's the deal, Josh, we talked about this before and I think we had slightly slightly different views on it. The question was always, and it's the same question. I think that the the NFL faces is not, do you have the correct like um, procedures in place? The question's always gonna be individual responsibility. Are your players gonna be responsible enough yes. to wear masks, to isolate themselves, to not, put, to not go out to strip clubs, to not go out to casinos? Are they gonna be responsible enough as individuals? And, that's, and that even goes beyond sports
0: to all of us right now. It's all individual responsibility. The reason schools aren't open is because of the fear of lack of individual responsibility.
1: Yes, or for uh, previous I, lack of, in, of yeah. Uh, responsibility, yeah. Right, or like I have a
0: guy, at, I have a technician at work who tested positive and said, I have no symptoms, I'm still going to come to work. Yes. And I had to step in and say, no, you're not, you're home for two weeks.
1: Yeah, and that's the fear of schools too, right? Like parents will just send their kids anyway. Yeah, that's, that's the same fear that schools yeah, have. totally. Camden had, came
0: home. One day and said, oh, so-and-so is going to miss the celebration for her birthday because she's on quarantine. And guess what happened? Two days later, the girl was back in school. Yeah. So we're like, oh, what does that? Hopefully first graders just didn't understand what quarantine means or something. Yeah. Who knows? It's, but, yeah, it's but, all about individual responsibility, and that's how these sports have to work.
1: And that's what we th- – when the beginning of the season with the Marlins and how about the Marlins season, amazing. And it's un- that, that is, by the way, an unbelievable story in that they had people just off the street playing for the Marlins this year. Right. I mean, when, when we traded for – when they traded for Richard Blyer, we were like, what, what are the Marlins doing? Uh, little did we know that they were making a playoff run, but um, that's been an incredible story. But we and, thought at and, that point, this is like, how is this season going to work? And right. then, and then it was good, right? And you had an occasional hiccups, but for the no, most that, part, it was good because players were individually responsible, right? And
0: that's what, and people were calling to shut the whole thing down as soon as you got a couple tests in baseball. Yeah, baseball worked through it. They had a plan because. Obviously, they went into it knowing at some point someone's going to get it. And that's what we're seeing with the NFL now. People are calling to shut it down. But the NFL said, no, we've got a plan. And it seems like it's going to work out for the NFL as well. Yeah. But I think think once it it hit one team in baseball... I think that's when you had the locker room talk of, guys, we got to take this serious, because I don't want our team to go down, too. And I think you're going to see the same thing now with the NFL, mm-hmm. where in-house they're going to say, hey, uh, wake up, we're taking this serious now. This is, we have an opportunity to make it to the Super Bowl this year, or not. At least we have an opportunity to win some games. Let's keep that out of our locker room and again individual responsibility.
1: Yeah, not forever, just until the season's over and then you can go do and and, and do you and live your life, but Right. But it's but you're right, yeah, it comes down to this idea of individual responsibility. But the thing that always surprises me, Josh, it surprised me with the Marlins, it surprised me with President Trump, it surprised the Titans, is just how freaking contagious this thing is. Like, it's never, like, Cam Newton is shocking because it's just Cam Newton, right? With with yes. the, with the, the uh, with President Trump, all of a sudden there was, you know, a whole outbreak but, right, right there with, yeah. with, the, with the Titans. And, how, like, it's, it's rarely just one person, right? Because it is really contagious. Yeah. And
0: then, and that's, uh, yeah, the, the Trump thing might be a good example. The Trump thing or the Titans versus Cam Newton, these might, I would love to see some facts and some statistics without the media spin because they could be great examples of whether masks work or not because we know Trump doesn't wear a mask. We know people around him don't wear masks. Did that cause this? Or is it just, it's been hitting so many people, of course it's going to hit the White House just like it's hitting everyone else. Of course it's going to hit a football team just like it's hitting everyone else.
1: Right. You, you rarely get, and I understand why, but you rarely get, like, patient zero in this outbreak, right? Like, here's how it started, right. then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Right. Like, you rarely get which, those full stories. Right. Which is why the Cam Newton
0: part is interesting, because it's one guy in a locker room. Right. Yeah, which is, yeah,
1: that hardly ever happens, yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Josh, I got some Orioles notes here. I want to talk about this, this recap this season. Okay. Is this, are we starting? Are we recording? Did you hit the record yet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just did 30 minutes of like political talk. Okay. Guys, I'm sorry for that. Um, just wait. Right. Don't maybe wait. I should tweet, just fast forward to 30 minutes into the podcast for Orioles talk. No, I, no,
0: I think we handled that as good. We had a good conversation that, uh, Without yelling and
1: screaming at That's each That's right. Other. You're, you're, you're not going to see this on the news, on the no, quote-unquote news. It. You're not going to see Correct. this in the debates, all right? An intelligent conversation between two people hey. who don't 100% agree with one another. Boom. Hey, uh, before the election,
0: let's have, a, let's have a Section
1: 336 debate.
0: Okay. So it's all sports, but we'll bring in a moderator. Okay. No political questions, but we'll just do
1: sports. Sport questions? Sports, yeah. Okay. The direction of sports in our country? Um, right. All right. So, Josh, I have a ton of notes about this Orioles season. I want, I want to All put right, a great. bow in the season. There's a lot of um, conversations we need to have in the future about this offseason, about free agency, about next year, position battles. But I don't want to go there today. There's also right. a news story. I don't want to go here because it's speculation. But you guys, you saw there was... A uh, fall instructional uh, roster. Kerstät yeah. is not on it for a medical, non-baseball thing. Uh-huh. I don't want to go there either. There's time in the future to have those conversations.
0: It's a vasectomy.
1: For now, we're just. I just want to talk about recap <laughs> the season. Okay. Okay. All right. Gotcha. All right. So where do you
0: want to start? MVO. We you, can start MVO. Did, did you agree with the MVO, Anthony Santander? Well, Thor, however you're saying it now.
1: Yeah. Well, prior to the prior to this, well, it's interesting, right? Because he didn't even play a complete season. So, no. so props props to him um, for playing half a season and, and becoming the MVO. You don't see that very happen very often. And, and an MVO that I think we all agree he's the MVO, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, like I would have made a a strong case for Glacius, um, but. Because he played the entire season, um, every game. Well, no, he didn't play every game, though. Like, he played 39 right. games compared to Santander who played 37 games. So that's not oh, a really a strong then idea. Then get out of here with your Inglacia. All right. What about DJ Stewart for being the hottest freaking player on the planet for for a couple weeks? Uh, he blew it at the beginning of the season where he was the worst person in the world. Yeah, I agree. Santander was the, was the correct answer. Which but- is amazing. Again, uh, Dan Duquette, Rule 5 guy. Well, Josh, you look at this whole team, whether it's Ryan Mattcastle or Santander or Austin Hayes mm-hmm. or John Means, I mean, or, or even uh, Dean Kramer. I mean, we're talking about Dan Duquette's team. I don't know, no one wants to say it. We'll get angry emails right. in, but this roster that everyone fell in love with is a Dan Duquette roster. Yeah, don't tell anyone. Shh. It's like
0: trying to tell people that the. That your Oriole team that you loved in 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, that was an Andy McPhail team. But don't tell
1: anyone. Yeah. Why is it, Josh, that everyone hates on Dan Duquette, but you won't find a single person to say one bad thing about Buck Showalter, and they were Uh both here for those same set, set of years? Can someone explain that to me?
0: Yeah. Buck Showalter was in front of the microphone every night. And said entertaining things.
1: Yeah, and Dan Duquette was the worst interview you've ever heard yes. in your life. Yes. Um, and
0: we were, um, we were immediately told that there's friction in that relationship. But it worked and they were winning, so neither one was let out of it. Dan Duquette wanted out to go to the Blue Jays in, like, 2012 or 2013, very early in that relationship. Right. So I think that also kind of stung people. And there's a ton of people that blame Dan Duquette for signing Chris Davis. Right. When the facts are Dan Duquette did not want to sign Chris Davis, and that was done behind his back.
1: That was an ownership move. Yeah, that's been established. That was an ownership deal. Right. Which makes you wonder,
0: how good? Did, what would have Dan Duquette's regime have done without Chris Davis?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. And that immediately goes, my mind immediately goes wherever else's mind goes, to a guy named Manny Machado, right? Like, would you have, yes. a, would you would have shot to recite Manny Machado if yeah, you did it? a guy. Um, yeah, a, a guy MVP. who made a push
0: this year for NL MVP. Yeah, have an awesome year. Yeah, you would have. Yes, and you know what? Beyond. Him? Uh, I guess not. Was Nelson Cruz still in play that year?
1: Yeah, I mean the the other guy. He may he may have brought him back. Right. The criticism with Dan Duquette too is some of the pitcher signings, like Eduardo Jimenez and Alex Cobb, that didn't work out, and also yes. the Mark Trumbo signing, Mark Trumbo, yes. and not signing the Cruz. That was some other right. Though, props to him for signing Cruz the first time on a really cheap deal, but yeah,
0: on a people forget uh, yeah, about that prove
1: yourself deal, right?
0: Right, right. People act like, oh, we, did, yeah. Cruz was gonna need a lot more money after that. Prove me year. We got him cheap. Right. That's why he was. That's why he didn't come back. Yeah. And he was
1: old. He, he was have been going able to like do what? Yeah, 37? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Re- that's revisionist history. Everyone at the time said, don't sign Nelson Cruz totally sign Chris Davis it just made sense Chris, but, Chris Davis I think was a little bit more split in people debating whether we should spend that money on Chris Davis the, lo- yeah, the long term and the amount of money yeah.
0: when, when Dan Duquette said that that candle was blown out or whatever analogy he made he said something like that yeah. we all said fine we're yeah. okay without Chris Davis yeah. and then Peter Angelos went and signed him so all you people that want to hate Peter Angelos hate him for signing Chris Davis Get over all the stuff in the past, but you can focus on that one.
1: I'll, I'll allow that, that one. Yeah. But even that, recognize what you're hating a guy for. You're hating a guy, at the time he was our best player, he was the one of the best home run in all of baseball, and you're, you're mad at him for spending a lot of money on a player. That's what you're mad at him right. for. Right. Um,
0: but then, at the same time, he would not sign Nick Marcakis.
1: Yeah, well, there is so, some injury concerns with Nick Higgins too, but yeah, there was, there was. Some but again, stuff. it's yes. I mean, it's it's funny, right? And we can do this all day. It's revisionist history, twenty oh, twenty. But the like looking back on it now, the insanity of ever paying for a one dimensional player like Chris Davis, who even at his best was not a good base runner, right. was you know good defender, but whatever, a first baseman. He's not a shortstop or I center mean, fielder. He, he and, was not one dimensional. He did win a Gold Glove. Okay, fine, but at first base, it, he's not like yes. a shortstop or center fielder. No, he's a first he's, base. He's not yeah. winning you games at, with his first uh, base defense. He, he
0: played. He played some decent right field fill-in. Uh, okay, but uh, but it comes
1: down to Peter loves the long ball. Yeah. Um. But anyway, we're talking about the MBO. And yeah. At the beginning of the season, do you know who you predicted to be the MBO? Uh. Well, it wouldn't have been Trey.
0: There's no way I would have picked a young guy. We both picked so the same I guy. So I went, MVO. who am I missing off this team? Austin Hayes, MBO, Austin yeah. Hayes.
1: Yeah, that's, that's who we, he, we both the picked. The glove man. Yeah, the, the glove man. Hey, Josh, do you know what Austin Hayes' batting average was at the end of the season? I know you don't, uh, but I'm just putting you in the spot here. I wouldn't either, but I looked it up. Do you know what his batting average two, was? 232. I would have said something like that, too. 279. He was How freak- many games did he play? He, he played in, in 33 games. He was freaking okay. in fuego the last couple of weeks of the season. Once he came back from the rib injury, he was right. one of the hottest hitters on our team and ended up with the, almost a 280 batting average. And,
0: and I love Austin Hayes, and there's a good chance that next year I predict him for NBO again. But that's, again, one of these question marks going forward is Austin Hayes' health. He didn't do anything to let us convince us that he can play 140 games a year.
1: Yeah, I think more than anyone else in this roster... I think This is true. More than anyone else on this roster. Like I'm saying it, now I'm thinking about it. He has the highest ceiling, but also potentially one of the lowest floors, right? Like, Austin Hayes, at his best, yes. could be, you know, our MBO, could be one of the, an all-star, one of the best players on our team. But he also, at his worst, could be, I mean, we've seen him be terrible, both because right. of injury and just the first, before the injury, he was not very good.
0: Yeah. And that's also part of the... Weird shortened season is you can't trust any of these stats.
1: Yeah, and it's also being 24, right? And sure, yeah, yeah but you're right, Josh. This year, like just looking at the stats, it, this year was insane because I felt like it was a roller coaster, like. It would just go up and down, up and down, like DJ Stewart down and then up, down. Like everything happens so fast. Even in, in the standings, like a week we were in the playoff hunt. The next week we were the worst team in baseball. The next, like it was just right. like every week was a completely different. It was just kind of a roller coaster this year. It was weird. Uh, a couple of the notes I at the beginning of the season I criticized, or I didn't criticize, but I, like I looked at the Orioles' starting roster, start, their starting pitching. Uh, rotation yep. that included Malone, 33 years old, Cobb, yep. 32 years old, LeBlanc, 35 years old, Wojciechowski, thir- thir- 31 years old, and Means, 27 years old. Um, only pitcher not in his 30s was John Means. By the end of the season, the only pitcher in his 30s was Alex Cobb. So we replaced... Wojciechowski, LeBlanc, and Malone in the starting rotation with guys like um, Bruce Zimmerman, Keegan Aiken, and Dean Kramer. So we saw our starting rotation this year by the end of the year get significantly younger, which I think is exciting uh, going forward. Hopefully we won't see another year with four of our five starting pitchers in their their 30s. Uh, Yeah, and when you look at that, the, the takeaways for the pitching for this
0: season is a great deal trading Tommy Malone and bringing in two prospects from Atlanta. That's one highlight for the rotation. The other highlight is John Means at the end of this season. Putting it together, and there's final couple starts looking outstanding. So, John Means is one, suddenly a guy where it's like, was questionable, and now I have some faith, okay, we can b- continue to build on him.
1: Well, that's a perfect so, example of what I'm talking about this roller coaster ride, right? Because John yeah. Means went from being maybe not even good enough to be in our top five starters to looking like an ace at the end of the season. So, which is, right? It's just a roller coaster. Right.
0: right, right. Of course. And unfortunately, I mean, it's, we can only go off what we have seen this year, but at least it gives us some excitement. Do you know what the winning percentage was this year for the Orioles? Four seventeen. Last year it was three thirty-three. The year before that it was two ninety. Like it's safe to say we're on the
1: up. We're on the uh, upswing.
0: Can I tell you something else, Josh?
1: Up. I don't know percentage, what? but this year we were twenty-five and thirty-five. Was 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 our record? But yeah. our but that, the, the, what's it called? The Pythagorean uh, win loss total like, okay. was 28 and 32. So, according to our, like, our runs, we should have done Scored better. and runs allowed. Yeah. We actually scored below our Pythagorean win loss total. So, according okay, to that, good. we were 28 and 32. More encouraging signs that this team is heading in the right direction. Josh, and our- fans, just in general, are super pumped about a team that finished 25 and 35. Uh, yeah. are, you, are you on board with being super excited about the results of this season? Um, I am excited because I trust the process.
0: And I said, I've been, you and I have been saying for a while, last year was the bottom. This year starts the, the rebuild. Next year, they get to be a little competitive. 2023, we're winning the whole thing. We've been saying that for a couple years now. Right. So I'm excited because that path, that chart that you and I have been talking about, the Orioles are on that path. I know it was only a 60-game series, but we still had a 4-17 winning percentage. That is promising. There were individual performances by Anthony Santander, by Austin Hayes, by Dean Kramer, by John Means. Ryan Mackhouse was one of the best rookies in baseball, yeah. Keegan Aiken, that some type of development happened where our bullpen ERA went down, our starting ERA went down. You sent guys to Bowie and they came back improved. The process is working. All that stuff put together does excite me for this team.
1: I agree. You're not excited? No, I agree. agree? I still think there's more unknowns than knowns. Like there's still a lot that could go wrong. I feel like. Oh, totally. So it's hundred percent. So like I'm not ready to. You know, I'm not, right. I didn't mark the World Series all on my calendar yet, but but I agree. All this, whatever you wanted to see this year, we saw all the right signs. We we gotta we got I mean, our I, again, the best players in our organization aren't even here yet. So I, I want to see what Adley Rushman does next year. I want to see do DL Hall and Grace Rodriguez. That's who I'm watching because that's going right. to determine our success more more, more, more than a, a DJ Stewart.
0: Now, the Orioles did something on Friday that discouraged me.
1: I saw that. I know. I didn't even want to go there. I didn't want to go there today, but you can go there. Uh, why don't you want to go there? Because I'm recapping the season, Josh. You're talking about all-season uh-huh. moves, um, and I'm recapping the season. Yeah. I still got right, a lot to want- get to with, the, with this, this right, recap right, the season. Do you,
0: want, do you want to go with the, the negative? I, I mean, because when you're talking about this path of improving, <laughs> the move they made on Friday – I don't care about except for the reason they made the move. Yeah. And the reason they made the move concerns me for next year. Yeah. Because, so what I'm, so what I'm talking about is they fired the two coaches. Yeah. They fired Pitching Doug coach, their base coach, Broquel And Jose Flores. Yeah, third base Which coach. I don't care. What I do care is that when Proquel Bro- was interviewed by The Athletic, he said, we bust our humps, and then they told me that they couldn't afford my salary. What concerns me is when you're taking the team with one of the lowest salaries in baseball that's wasting a whole lot of money on Chris Davis and suddenly you're saying you can't afford good coaches. Because then I look at 2021 and say, okay, are you going to spend any money and bring anyone in? No, we're going to have more of the same next year where we hope we have some promising guys to cheer for when you need to bring in some free agents as well. So it tells, me you're, it tells me you, Mike Elias, are not ready to invest in this team yet.
1: Yeah, Josh, I think you're completely wrong on this. And, Good. Tell me why. And I don't know. I, this is not comfortable to talk about because you never like to talk about pe- people getting fired. Um, but, Josh, what happened, what happened last season, specifically last offseason, the offseason before this too, last off season we had. I mean, I can't blank on his name. We had one of the guys on the show um, who has a podcast. I listen to his podcast, and he's a minorly hit, uh, hitting coach now for the Orioles. We had him on the show. I'm blanking on his name now, though. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll I'll bring up his yeah. name I'm he, blanking on the name. He was not just the one guy. There was like Patrick something, right? Yes, Patrick something. There there was like a. Um, a wave, a, a tidal wave. Patrick Jones. Patrick Jones. That's the guy. He has a great podcast, the Patrick Jones podcast. You should check it out. Um, but he, there was a tidal wave of new young coaches hired last off season, like a bunch of them. A bunch yes. of hitting coaches, a bunch of pitching coaches. In, investing in the minor leagues. Who were super into innovative new ways of coaching. A wave of them, guys. We, we filled positions that we didn't even have last year. We just threw hitting and pitching coaches in there. So now all of a sudden, you, you tell me, you hired a bunch of these young guys last year. Then this year, you let go of two veteran um, guys. You, 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 you let them go. Maybe because salary but also maybe because you have a wave of younger coaches who are probably paid less money because they're younger coaches but but a wave of younger coaches who are fully invested in not just the current Saber metrics, the current a- a- analytics, the current wave of technology. But but, but they're, they're super into the next wave of an- 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 analytics. These are the young coaches that are on kind of the cutting edge of what comes next because of how to innovate what you already have. These veteran coaches aren't going to do this. So you're, I think you're investing not in these veteran coaches, but you're putting your money and your resources into these lesser-known younger more innovative coaches and so that's where it's going not these overpaid veteran coaches you're putting these young hungry guys who are going to make less money um but I, i but i think do the job in a more efficient and better way so that's where i think it's going josh i think it's going younger more efficient more innovative more creative okay so you think it's not a financial decision? Well, I think it happens to work out financially because you're paying these junk coaches less than you would this veteran guy. But I think that's secondary. Okay. But, I, but, right, hey, but hey, listen, you know, you know what I never do? I've been fired before. I know what it is to be fired. And don't take my word on a corporation I was fired from. I went to ACS. I also got fired from ACS because they, uh, you know, the enrollment went down first, uh, last in, first out. Uh You won't find me to say anything nice about the person who runs ACS right now. I won't say anything nice about them. No. And you know what? You know
0: what? If you got fired... Because you suck as an English teacher, yeah. you're still going to say you got fired because enrollment that's, went down. That's
1: absolutely true. That's absolutely true. And so, like you're not gonna so don't trust that, me on what I say about this. I get that. I get I'm that. I'm going to use the excuse that it was um, last one in, first one out, no matter what I got fired for. <laughs> right. Right. But, uh,
0: but until Mike Elias and the Orioles make the move official, the only person's word you can take is the guy who was fired. And the last time we went through this was we're used to Orioles firing coaches. Not talking to them and not answering their phone calls
1: Yeah we have a history of not firing people well But Josh listen to what you're saying Listen to what you're saying for a second The, right. the past since Michael Isaac has been here right? The past couple years since Michael isaac has been here yes. What has he done? He's invested Coaches, money Technology the technology, yep um, into, into, into our minor league systems He's also yeah. focused money He's hired a new position international, A guy called an international scout Who gets this he, he signs people internationally We never did that before Hired this guy, Kobe Col- per- per- Perez We're starting all these international leagues and stuff We're investing all this money in our development And now you're saying They're going to be cheap Because they're not paying a pitching coach $300,000 right. No No, 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 I don't buy that for a second We're just investing the money differently. Yep.
0: Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. And, of course, when Buck Showalter came, he added an eighth coach. So if we fire two and only replace one and we're back to a seven-man coach, that's kind of in line with the other teams.
1: Yeah, I mean, I forget about this story. I don't remember now. Now I don't even remember. But we had that – I remember this guy's name. We hired a – over in the offseason, we hired um, the former – Marlin's yeah, like manager a, to be a sidekick yeah, for Hayes. I mean, to be a sidekick for manager Hyde. Yeah, he was like a bench coach. Yeah, he, was he, is he still on the team? Like, that's a new position we just made up. Assistant. Yeah. Uh, Assistant to the yeah, whatever manager. So, like... <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, I believe he's still there. So, my... Yeah, my point is, it's, it's like, if I was, we're talking about teaching, the teaching equivalent, I think, would be, like, there's an 80-year-old teacher who has been in the system enough that his step... Salary has increased, so he's making like $120,000. Wouldn't you rather have a $40,000 a $40, teacher fresh out of college with new ideas on how to teach than this guy who's close to retirement? Like it's sure. just, It just makes, it makes sense where the Orioles are. I,
0: and I would rather pay for coaches in the minors than in the majors. And that's where we're at right now coaches in the minors, I believe, are going to make a better impact than a hitting coach in the majors. We've seen many hitting coaches not fix Chris Davis right. because he doesn't listen to them,
1: Right. But, Josh, you understand how stupid your opening comment was that this is a sign that the Orioles are too cheap oh, and no. not ready to move on and th- take the next step. Not ready to sign free agents and all that stuff. Because that's so uh, dumb because we've invested a ton of money in our minor My- 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 league systems um, to improve. So to say we're not okay. ready to improve is dumb.
0: Except for the statement of, we're firing you because of finances.
1: That's according then I- to the guy who was just fired,
0: yes. Alright, fine. I'm, taking, I'm, I'm backpedaling because you're right. It came from the guy who was fired. But
1: now I'm pissed, Josh, because I wanted to get into the Orioles season. We're freaking running on close to an hour now, and I got all these notes about the Orioles season, and we've been talking about these firing coaches. Well, this is why I didn't want to go there. It's because you
0: wanted to talk about politics for 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Alright, let's get back into the season. Alright, um, well, let's talk about our bold predictions. Okay. You said Chris Davis, and we've got to do this fast, but you said Chris Davis would hit. This is like our old ra- uh, rapid fire segment. We never made a Chris Davis bet, thankfully. But you said in your bull prediction that he would bat over 250 with 12 home runs.
0: Over uh, 250, okay. He definitely did not do that. Did he have any home runs? He batted 115 with zero home runs. I was gonna say I don't remember a single Chris Davis
1: home run. Chris Davis had zero home runs. Yeah, I know. How crazy is that? You said your other bold prediction. You said DJ Stewart wouldn't finish the year with the team. All right. I first half of the season,
0: I was correct. We all thought I was correct after those two
1: weeks. Yeah. And I stand by those two weeks. Yeah, and then he turned into uh, Babe Ruth. Uh, your next bull prediction was that we would win, at some point in the season, we would win six games in a row. Oh, we've done that. We did that. And right? we did it once. We won six games yeah. in a row. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm good. I'm good with that. Yeah. My, Go on. That, that's it. My bull prediction. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. What did I predict for total win total? You predicted 23 and 42. All right. And what did we end up? 25? Yeah, we ended up with twenty-five and thirty-five. All right, I'll take that. That's a win. Yes, yeah, so two games better than you predicted. Um, yeah, um, and remember, I was very positive about that. Yeah. Um, And I predicted I'm just looking at it I said 23 and 42 But that adds up to 65 wins So that doesn't make sense But anyway And I predicted (laughs) Some postseason victories (laughs) Yeah I predicted uh, 15 and 45 So I predicted we would have 15 wins And we had 10 more Than my 15 So um, I was way off Congrats to the O's for doing that They're better than I thought they would be My bold predictions I thought Ryan Mackhouse Would lead the team in home runs If If uh, See, where I went maybe wrong in my Ryan Matkos prediction is... You, you thought he'd be up earlier. I thought he'd be up earlier. He wasn't called up fast enough. So, I mean, he and only ended up playing in 35 games. Um, in that, See, t- in that what, time, he had five home runs. If he would have played a whole season... Um, if you were smart...
0: Beforehand, you would have tried to do the percentage of home runs and projected for his games, he hit more home runs than anyone else.
1: Well, you know what, Josh? You know what's really impressive? He played in 35 games, right? And had, yeah. had, five, run, had five home runs and yep, five one d- week. D- doubles, right? Yep, he played, one a week. He played really well. Five home runs, five doubles in just yeah. 35 games. But what about Santander? Yeah, that's why I'm <laughs> going to go with it. Okay. Santander okay. played in two more games. So Santander played in 37 games. Ryan Mackus had five home runs. Santander had eleven home runs. Two a week. Ryan McCasland had five home had five doubles. Santander had thirteen doubles. Oh, he's he had totally had the Twenty four, and he had one triple. So twenty five extra base hits in thirty seven games. That's unbelievable. Oh, could, could you imagine see a whole season of Anthony Santander playing that way? Hitting like that's, that's
0: amazing. Yeah, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean, right. yeah. I mean, dude, dude, the math, he's hitting like 50 dongs. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, really. So he was hot for that month. He was. Um, You got got some more? Yeah, my other bowl prediction was that Nunez, Renato Nunez, would be traded. Didn't happen. Nope. Though I might bust that out for the off-season bowl predictions. Um, I also predicted that the Orioles would have 15 different starting pitchers in 60 games. All right, that's kind of close. What we have, 12? Uh, we actually had 10. All right, 10, okay. I was a little surprised by, by that, that they only had 10. Yeah. Well, you know what? I didn't expect. You know who had the most? I mean, John Means and Al Scott both had 10 starts. So between right. Means and Cobb, sense. that's 20 games right there. That's the third of our season. Uh, see, that's the math you didn't do. Yeah. yeah, and only one guy had one start. I, I thought there'd be a bunch of guys like David Hess and who knows right. else with, with one start. Um, who got the one start? Uh, Bruce Zimmerman, who came in late with the one start. But Tom Eshelman okay. got four starts. Dean Kramer got four starts. What about Lopez? Didn't Lopez get a start? Lopez got He had six starts, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. They used him a bunch at the end there. Yeah. Um, so I thought there'd be more like, yeah, spot starters, but there right. really wasn't. So just 10. Um, other other notes we had we debated who would lead the team in FIP Okay. We both an independent pitching. Yeah, we both said Richard Blyer. And it, okay. it's true if you talk about it before he was traded Richard, <laughs> Richard Blyer was hot when he got His traded. His FIP was 1.52 when he was traded, which was the best on the team. So I will call that a All win right. for us. That's a win. Most most wins on the team. You said Cobb, I said Blyer. <laughs> I, of course, did not win because Blyer was traded too fast. Right, right. Um, and and for, who, who had the most wins? Well, actually, the most wins was Tom Eshelman <laughs> and, and Travis <laughs> okay. Lakens. Both had three wins. All right. So that's a weird right. one, and Cobb only had two wins. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if other notes. We, well, you were right to go to the pen for wins. Yeah, we talked about exit velocity. Who would have the best exit velocity? You said Ryan Mountcastle. I said uh, Austin Hayes. The winner was actually. Do you know who had the best exit velocity? Well, Ruiz. No. Renato. DJ. St- oh, DJ Stu. Oh yeah. DJ, DJ Stu crushes that ball <laughs> for that two weeks it. where he was crushing every ball he hit. Yeah. Um, yep. And most term runs on the team. Uh, you said. Or, who, who did you say for most term runs on the team? Chris Davis? You said Chris Davis. With the 12? Yeah, I thought he was going to bounce back with 12. Yeah, and I I said, of course, sticking with Ryan Mountcastle. I stuck with Ryan Mountcastle.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Do you know who ended up with the most home runs on our team? Um, Quietly. Ruiz. No, Uh, Ruiz was third. Nunez. Yep, Nunez with 12 home runs. Um, Hey, I got the number right. Yeah, Nunez. I said 12 12 home runs would lead this team. It's true. Uh, Nunez just goes out there and hits dongs. All right, I think. Oh, our one last one last thing here. Uh, We said World Series. Who would play in the World Series? All right, who did I say Indians? You said uh, the close next, uh, similar to the Indians. You said the Braves. Okay, well, the Braves still have a chance. And you said they would play the Twins.
0: Two are out of okay. there. Okay. The Twins got knocked out. They did, all right. Both of those teams are
1: playoff teams. Yeah. If
0: we, How about you? What
1: do you if say? If we reverse stars, we might have a World Series here. I said the Nats. That didn't work out very well for me. Yeah. No, no playoff there. And then I had the Rays. So they're still in it. Okay. Yep. So we could so have Rays, a Rays-Braves type scenario. One from each Rays, of us. Rays-Braves.
0: Yeah. Rays, uh, Rays are playing the Yankees this week, and Braves are playing the Marlins. Who, who are you rooting for in this postseason?
1: Um, I'm rooting against, more than I'm rooting for, I'm rooting against the Astros, I'm rooting against the Yankees, and I'm kind of rooting against the Dodgers, but not really hard rooting against the Dodgers, I'm really just rooting against the Astros and Yankees.
0: Yeah, I'm rooting against the Astros, Yankees, and the Dodgers, I'm rooting for the Marlins
1: because of the cool story. me too, me too, I also like the the Padres, I can't help but, I I love Manny, I can't help it.
0: I know, I know. I like the I like the Braves too, so either one in that division series I'm cool with.
1: Though so it makes um, me a little bit uncomfortable how much Oriole Fandom has jumped on the Padres bandwagon. That makes me a little bit uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, I kind of stay away from the Padres because of that. So uh but yeah, I'd say I'm rooting for
1: Marlins, Braves, one of them too. And too to much backflipping for my liking too with those Padres. <laughs> they do like that. I think yeah, like you hit a home run before, guys. All right. Right. Uh, Last thing, I want to get your impression on this. I said at the beginning of of the season, I said three players are playing for their career this year. And what I want to know, Josh, after their season they had this year, have they solidified their spot on the Orioles roster? Or are they off the Orioles roster? Or are they still bubble players going into next year? All right. DJ Stewart's still a bubble player. Still a bubble? Yeah. You agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you asked me a month in the season, I would say he was done. You asked me the next month, I would say he's definitely in. You asked me at the end of the season, and I don't know again anymore. He's back on the bubble. Exactly, exactly. All right, I know he was on your list. Yeah. Who else? Cedric Mullins. Cedric Mullins is on the team. Yeah, he's a guy going into the season, he he was off, right? We were surprised he even made the roster. And you, one could argue the only reason he made the roster was because Stevie Wilkerson got hurt, Right, um, but he made the roster, and yeah, especially, he is a part of the future now, and he wasn't at the beginning of the season.
0: Especially when Austin Hayes hasn't proven that he can play that position every day. And the defense and speed that Cedric Mullins brings and the decent plate performance for the second half, he's totally on next year. Yeah,
1: he's going to be a regular player next year and get a chance to play, and we'll see what he does next year. I like the idea of Cedric Mullins and Austin Hayes both in the outfield together. It gets crowded, but yeah. It gets crowded. We'll get into that another episode. Suddenly you have
0: a lot of coverage. Because they both have good range in the outfield. Yeah, I think
1: it makes you flexible, right? I think it's a good position to hide to be in where you can be flexible with the DH yep. spot, the center field spot, the left field spot. Right, yeah. right. All right, next. Last guy, Chance Sisko. Oh, this is a great one. At the beginning am... of the year, he was playing pretty well. All right. At the All end, right. he ended I... up batting 214, but an OBP yep. of 364, which is pretty good. All right. Seventeen walks, which was second on the team. Which is pretty good. I I am
0: pressing my green button over here. Okay. And putting him on the team because I think Pedro Severino's defensive failures have pushed him off the team. Mm. And I think that Cisco is now in line to back up Adley Rushman.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: Because I think when you're bringing up young pitchers especially... That defense behind the plate is so important, and Severino lost at least three games on his own back there behind the plate.
1: Yeah, like they're both bad defensively. Like you could, you used to be able to argue though. You're right that well, you can't play Chance because he's so bad defensively. Well, now the other guy, Pedro Severino, is not really much better. So he's worse. You can't make that argument. Um, so. Next you year, and the, think, opening, day st- opening day catcher, is it Cisco or Severino? I think it's Adley. You think opening day? I think you opening day. You really do? Day. I think based
0: on what we saw with, with during the season and Bowie, and Adley spent the entire time in Bowie, and Adley is now down here in Sarasota for the fall stuff that we'll talk about next week.
1: With a bunch of baby birds, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, and the fact that Adley is a college superstar means Adley Rushman is ready for the big leagues. And if he is not behind the plate on opening day, it is a money and contract move, not a player development move.
1: Well, and that's if you're just looking for another year, I think it's like May or something, like he misses the first month of the season. Yeah, and I hate and so, that stupid it could be man. that deal.
0: If he's good, great, we'll extend him for 10 years. Don't worry about all that. Just bring him up on opening day. I want to I guess, what do you think? Who's behind the plate opening day? I think Severino. So you don't think he's played his way out? Cause you, well, because you say no, one, neither one has played their way out until Adley comes up.
1: Right. I think it's a severino Cisco combination again until Adley comes up. And, and then you could even do a three-catcher And then situation. I, I, I'm a proponent of three-catcher, and you put Adley at DH a lot because you want to you wanna elongate Adley Rushman's career. So put him, him at first, put him at DH, have three catchers. I'm fine with all that, but think of the excitement of
0: opening day, Adley Rushman. Nobody will care who the starting pitcher is. We'll all care about the starting catcher. Fans allowed back into the stadium by opening day. I'm predicting that we will have fans there for opening day. You want to talk about some excitement, you put Adley Rushman behind that plate. Opening day next year.
1: Well, yeah, I don't disagree with you, but there's other things to be excited about for opening day outside of Adley Rushman. But I think, yeah, yeah, the fact that we get to see baseball in person—I don't care who's on that field. Yeah, yeah, but the the chance Cisco thing though, is to me this year, he did not do enough to say he has to. Like if if you want to go with Adley Rushman at the beginning of the year. Right. And you want to say Chancisco? You're either to Norfolk or you're traded away. Like there's nothing that Chancisco did this year that's like, or you got to find a spot in the roster for Chancisco. He didn't totally. do anything to, to to prove that. But I totally. But I think Severino did
0: enough to push himself off of it.
1: Okay. I, yeah. I mean, I I think they're going to actively try to trade one of those guys. I would lean towards Severino in the off season. Right. Um. Severino is one of those deals where he was really good the first. I mean, the end of the year with a 250 batting average, which is. Yeah. But and all for a while, he's hitting he over 300. Yeah.
0: Right. And that stuff's appealing. So you'll find a team that thinks they can fix the, the, the defensive side.
1: Yeah. It was, yeah, ugly defensive year. Yeah. Yep. But again, the whole catch situation, we'll debate it. Doesn't really matter. Because Adley Rushman's coming.
0: Yep. Exactly. Hopefully by opening day.
1: Well. I'll take, I'll take the May surprise. I'll take a May... Let me, let me buy my open day tickets, and then let me buy tickets on May 15th, a random day to watch Adley Rushman make his debut. All video. right, we, we had a party for Matt Wheaters.
0: Are we doing the same for Adley Rushman Day? Mm, what's... Like, I'll hop on a plane, I'll fly on out.
1: Yeah. What's, and we have a party. What's the COVID situation like? Yeah, no, I am... Um, I mean, this deserves... We had Wieners for Wieners, but this deserves—I feel like—something greater than just Wieners for Adley. We'll have to come with something greater. Yeah, um, maybe
0: maybe we get the listeners involved. Yeah, and we get some other
1: friends and other shows involved, and we have a little Adley Rushman party. Yeah, I would definitely be up for something like that. It's to mark the—I mean—I mean—it's the deal. That's the deal, right? Imagine we were this yeah. excited for Ryan Matt Castle. Shoot, Ryan McAvoy ain't nothing, man. He ain't nothing. We're talking yeah, about one dude. of the best prospects in baseball, LeRushton. Right, right. Let's go. Who's probably right?
0: Yep. Can't wait. All right. All
1: right. Good. I got through all my notes. Thank you. All right. That's great. Next episode, we can talk about Ravens next week. We can talk about one of the dumbest tweets you've ever sent in your life. Are not that good of a team, Josh. That's the was, Ravens went and beat and beat on the went on the road, beat a team by two touchdowns. And the only reason it was two touchdowns is because RG three came at the end threw an interception. Or it would have been three touchdowns. And Josh says, "Oh, this team's not good. Get out of here. Going to Washington D.C. is
0: not going on the road. They stayed in Baltimore and they took a bus.
1: Yeah, did, that's not travel. Okay, did you that's a, did that's you beat a, did you beat a professional football team by two touchdowns?" Who else is beating the, other NFL teams by they, two touchdowns? They're the Washington
0: football team. They should be clobbered. What good teams do when the, the Brady-Belichick era, what did they do when they play bad teams? They crush them. Judge, we the
1: Redskins them. never had a chance in that game. Were you ever nervous in that game at all? You were never nervous. Did the offense ever look good? The offense, yards per game, this year is one of the worst in football. Last year, they were number two in yards per game. This year, they're one of the worst teams yards per game in football. And when you go, I thought we were getting out of here. But when you go and you put up your
0: pitiful Monday night performance against a good team, and you can't come back against a bad team the next week and clobber them,
1: that concerns me. What well, the, the, the the Ravens doesn't concern. I mean, the Redskins don't concern me at all. The the Chiefs concern no. me, and not just Lamar Jackson, but also our receivers. And it seems like our turn defense, but it seems like our team. Does not step up for big games, but this is a whole other podcast we're talking about now. Right, you're right, and and I'm glad Mark Andrews learned how to catch the ball. Well, just don't don't put him goals. in the big game again. Yeah, and I,
0: and I like that Mark Andrews now. Mark Andrews now has more touchdown receptions in the past, since the beginning of last year than anyone else in the NFL. Is that true? That's, that's, a, that's a nice. Stat. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Four, Fourteen touchdowns. Nice. That's cool. That's great. We'll like that against the Chiefs. But yeah. When this team is Super Bowl or bust. I don't have any faith in them yet that they can win a game in the playoffs. Josh is just mad because he I'm put at. a
1: lot of money on the Ravens to win the Super Bowl, and now he's mad that he doesn't think they're a the Super Bowl team. I don't think they're a Super Bowl team, All right. and I thought they were. All right, Josh, Josh so we'll chill. See. It's week it's week four. Chill. Next week's a big
0: game. Yeah. Next week, I, I might feel better about them because the Browns look really good. Or it's the Bengals. The Bengals, be great. yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. All all right, rookie quarterback, we're going to eat Bengals. him up. Rookie quarterback, eat him up. Let's uh-huh. go. Well, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. All right. We'll get out of Let's here. Let's get out of here. All right, you can follow us on Twitter, write us a review on iTunes. Yeah. Um, follow us on social <laughs> media, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. You can follow me on Twitter, at Section336. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's and go Ravens.